Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Whenever, wherever, however you care to join us, welcome to the Hot Tag Podcast. And coming to the ring, hailing from Chesapeake, Virginia, one half of your host with the most that will whip you from pillar to post, all power to the people himself, Shabo. Along with the mastermind behind the design, the lineage of excellence himself, Big Grizz Eric Phillips. Eric, how you doing today, my friend? Man, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Or am I giving it away that we're actually recording this in the morning? It doesn't matter you know, at this point. It doesn't breaking, matter. I was breaking kayfabe this early in the morning. We're breaking uh, kayfabe. Uh, forget it. It was done years ago anyway. I'm yeah. feeling Curtain call. <laughs> exactly. I'm feeling good, man. It's been a crazy, crazy week. Oh, who are you telling? Oh, we oh. longer had this stomach bug. It was messing with me. Oh, my goodness. Man, I, I was worried about you for a second there. I, I was, was worried. I thought I had to go to the hospital. Yeah, I thought I was, thought I was going to uh, have to pull an Ember Moon and try to find a partner. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Ah. I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. And then next thing you know, you're the number one contender. So, hey, it all works out. Yep. There you go. We're yeah. good fantasy already. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we have a jam-packed show, as always. I mean, when do we don't have a jam-packed show? Because it's all things wrestling, all the time, all day long, 24-7. So, we had Extreme Rules on Sunday. What did you think of Extreme Rules? You know, uh, if you go back and, and listen to our, our preview, I hadn't had much hope for the show. <laughs> you know, I, down on it, and I gotta say, they surprised the heck out of me because I thought it was a great show, even up to the end. Uh, you remember what I said? I, I begged Brock Lesnar, yeah, I, please cash in this contract and make it interesting. And what happened? He cashed he in cashed his contract in. and he made it interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with you, I, I agree. Like during that ma- <clears throat> during that match, I'm like, when is he gonna come out? Because this is just torture. But <laughs> he he didn't fail, and, and Paul uh, Heyman promised us that. So kudos to you, Paul Heyman, living up to your promises. Yeah. There was, a, but you know what? There was a question of was he playing us or or wasn't he? And I think it plays a lot to Paul Heyman's you know character itself that you know. If he says something's going to happen, like he says, it's not a spoiler alert. It's it's definitely going to happen. And I think it's, I mean, Heyman has set himself up beautifully and not even in an authoritative way. You know, he's got, you know, his top guy, his client, his universal champion. He's the creative director for Raw. I mean, he said he set himself up perfectly. You know, don't hate the player, hate the game. And you know, some people will be like, "Oh, it's kind of like an authority thing." It's really not when you think about it. Yeah. It, or it wasn't done in an annoying way as you know Triple H would have done it because God knows we've seen that a million times. You know, that not like a sore thumb. But this, <laughs> was more, <laughs> this was more organic. You know. Right. Yeah. I, I got you. I, I understand what you're saying. 
Right, right. But um, real quick, for those who didn't know, we're going to give like the quick results of Extreme Rules. You should know by now because it's about a week old. But um, in the first match, Taker and Reigns went over on Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. And Taker looked phenomenal. He hasn't. He hasn't lost a step. Well, that's a lie. He lost a couple steps. <laughs> he, 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 you got to be realistic. But for his age and for the times we're in, he did a great job in the ring. You know what I mean? And that was a very good match. Uh, when you can make Roman mark out. Yeah. <laughs> when you can make Roman mark out during a match, <laughs> you know there's a legend in the ring. Like, yeah, I, I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to look at greatness there. Um, so they're hyping up, uh, from what you said, Taker and Drew McIntyre. I believe you said that last podcast that they were trying to push that for SummerSlam. I think I think that may be the direction we're going, especially with the way the, the match played out. Yeah. And so I, that, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I didn't realize how tall Drew McIntyre was until he stood like eye to eye with Taker. I was like, this guy's a giant, man. <laughs> McIntyre like, is massive, man. Yeah, I never realized how, yeah, how big in stature he is. But yeah, okay, okay, I might buy into that one. I don't know if McIntyre ready to throw bones with Taker, but not with the way Taker looked. Not with the way Taker looked last Sunday, man. If that's if that is the Taker we're gonna see, first of all. The Goldberg match was all, is already out of my mind at this point. Taker did so great in this match. And if that carries over into SummerSlam, McIntyre is going to have his hands full. But to play devil's advocate, I could see I could see McIntyre get, get one over the dead man. I mean, that's such a hard match to call. Yeah, and it'll be a good rub for McIntyre. That'll be a good momentum. Because I can see him being a future champion, you know. I can see him and Roman Reigns fighting for the title, you know, very soon. Or him and Seth Rollins, or him. you can put him on almost anybody. And I, I you know, because he's he's a good looking son of a gun. Tall, long hair. He's built. He's uh, has the accent. So he's running with Shane McMahon. So you know, I don't I, see how it doesn't propel him straight into the title picture if he wins. If he wins over Taker, I think right. I'm, after that. You, you kind of have to, you know, just go straight, you know, straight into title contention, you know, right. at least being the number one contender, you know, considering, you know, the 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 stature, you know, of the Undertaker. Right, 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 right. Well, well, let's move on. We're going to talk about Undertaker more. You know, Undertaker should be his own segment, you know, but we'll talk about him more later on. Uh, next, we had Revival getting over on the Usos. Um, yeah, 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 okay, whatever. <laughs> it's all good. Um, then we had Alistair Black winning over on Cesaro. I think we didn't we both pick Cesaro for that one. Uh, I think so. I think I did pick Cesaro for that. Okay. Uh, I didn't see I didn't see that coming, but it was a pleasant surprise. And that yeah. and that alone was an awesome match. I think that I called uh, Revival of the Usos. I thought that might steal the show. No, that match lived up to its moniker. That was such an awesome match between oh, those two. Oh, before we go forward, <laughs> you want to talk about your pre-show, uh, pre-show notes? Oh, good lord! Oh, good lord! Because uh, wow. I honestly thought 
uh, Alistair Black and Cesaro should have been on the pre-show, and Finn Balor and uh, Nakamura should have been on the main show. Yeah, I t- yourself. I said that I was uh, anybody that follows me on Facebook. You saw where I told you hey, I was yep. gonna go not only because of the fact that this type of show was on the this type of match was on the pre-show. Excuse me. Also, the titles on the line, and then the title changes hands. I was gonna go ham, but I've had a couple days. You know, I've had a couple days to think about it. Couple of beverages. Couple, of, a few beverages. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I really started drinking. Yeah. <laughs> At the bottle ready, you know what I'm saying, for the start of the show. But after that happened, I said, oh, no, we're going to drink up tonight <laughs> to get through this one. But I see the direction that it's going, and, I, and at this point, I'm okay with it. Right. For reasons you know we're going to get into in a little bit. Okay. Little okay. Uh, so next we had Bailey getting over on Cross and Bliss. No Sasha Banks for this one. No Sasha Banks. Do you so still sad. think you yeah, at SummerSlam? Um, sure, she might be at the Raw reunion on Monday. <laughs> oh, wow. Good call. You Good know. call. Quite possibly. Just Quite to make possibly. that, you know, make the show bigger. You know, especially if they're going to put her, if they're going to put her in, you know, in the program for SummerSlam, if right. it's in the realm of possibility, I think now would be the time to, you know, reintroduce her, you know, to the universe. Right, right, right. Um, Strowman going over on Lashley, which turned out to be a better match than what I thought. I thought it was going to be slow moving. Um, I, I thought it was going to be pretty boring, but they lived up to it, man. Fighting through the crowd and <clears throat> going through stuff and the slam off the top of the balcony and all that. And I like how yeah. Braun Strowman busted through the wall. I was like, that just speaks to the characters of both these two, man. I marked. I marked. I marked. Uh, I thought just the presentation of it just looked cool as hell to me. It really right. did. I enjoyed that match too. It was yeah, good. It was, yeah, it was good. It both did a great job. It's a direction very well. I enjoyed it. Uh, we had New Day going over on uh, Daniel Bryan, Eric Roman, and Heavy Machinery to both of our surprises because they was on a bit of a losing streak going into this pay per view, but. They right. pulled it off for the to be the sixth time. W W E all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, all of it. All that, all, all of that, it. All that, all that. Uh, so congrats to them. Is this the first time? And once again, we don't look at color per se, but you have to at this moment. The first time that you have basically an all black stable that got all the titles. I don't remember if Nation of Domination did that or not. I don't think the nation denomination did. I, I don't think they held all think, all members held the titles at once. I believe this is actually the first. Yeah. Oh, first for everything. Love it. Um, <laughs> next we had Styles going over Ricochet, but I kind of saw that coming since Styles had Anderson and Gallows in his corner. Yeah, yeah. I I I saw it. I saw it coming, but I didn't see it coming. I, I think just the fact of me not seeing it coming was more of the disappointing factor in it. But they had a good match, and just going through the match itself, Styles earned that win. And Ricochet, to me, isn't diminished at all. But here's the thing, that, real quick on this. Ricochet has to get the crowd behind him. I mean, he does all these nice moves and everything, but... 
watching the match, the people cheered more for Styles than they did Ricochet. Or oh, not so much cheer, but they reacted to what Styles did more than what they reacted to what Ricochet did, you know? And I just well, I think... think was... uh-huh. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I, I think that was, I think that was kind of the point, you know, uh, the story. I think that was the story behind the match, you know, the result, you know, the resolve of AJ Styles, you know, right. and his chase, you know, what I'm saying his chase, you know, for that because you know his number one, you know, priority right now is Universal Championship. He's gonna go through whoever to get there. So if it meant taking out Ricochet, you know what I'm saying, in that incredible run he was on, that's what he was going to do. You know, so I wasn't so... I don't think that it was... I don't think they were so much, you know, the crowd wasn't behind Ricochet. It was just AJ just put on a better showing. You know, and I think... And I think, you know, this is... You know, this was a very smart crowd. So they knew, you know, they already know what's going on. They know the club is getting together. You know, and that, you know, that's what they want. You know, they've been wanting this for a while. So I think, you know, the crowd is more behind that. You know, I think if it had been anybody else, you know, that crowd would have been for Ricochet. But I could definitely understand understand your perspective, too. Yeah, because I heard more boos than cheers. You know, the boos was for AJ Styles. But if you really like Ricochet that much, you should cheer when he does stuff. But anyway... Um, next match, I don't even know if you want to call this a match, but it was Owens going over on Ziggler in a what 17 seconds, I think, maybe give or take. Yeah, do, yeah, do we even have to talk about this match? <laughs> no, we don't. I know that's your boy, <laughs> I'm okay, as your boy, but uh, I, like the anybody that didn't see this coming, you this was the first time you've ever watched wrestling, <laughs> <laughs> so that's right. just the way I see it. I, I mean, it. It was good. It it was built for what it was, and it did good for KL because it just further cements the direction they're going with him. Right, 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 right. Uh, well, I'll talk about Kevin Owens later in our our last segment, but um, Owens got over on Ziggler in like seventeen seconds. He hit him with a stunner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next match, surprise, Kofi, surprise. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Kofi got over on Samoa. On yeah, Samoa Joe. Love this. Marked out at the end. That's, I was so hyped because that's when I realized I was like, oh my gosh, all three members are holding gold. Yeah. You know, at yeah. the top, you know, holding and not even secondary titles. You know, I guess if you want to call the tag team, you know, championship a secondary title, but for a tag team in that, you know, for a tag team in the tag team division, that's your top spot. So, like, just to see Kofi. With you know the the WWE Championship and the New Day with the Tag Team Championships, them holding the top spot, like they, it, that means the WWE really has faith in those guys. I think that kind of puts away. I think this kind of puts away the thoughts of the thoughts of the New Day breaking up. This will be a catalyst if, if you know at some point this will be a lead up to it. A, a lead up to them breaking up if that's the route they decide to go but I think putting them you know with their respective titles shows a lot of faith that the WWE has in them and I think you, this you know this might last a while right right okay I hope so I hope okay. so cause all three of those guys are just phenomenal on the mic and in the ring and I like their um, camaraderie together so this works yeah. and 
then our final match was Rollins and Lynch going over on so and so. And I got that in my notes too. I got I said Rollins and Lynch got over on so and so. And then Brock Lesnar coming out, cashing in, becoming the new uh, how did Paul Heyman say uh reigning, defending, defending. Uh, undisputed Universal Champion Brock Lesnar. Uh, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. So that was Extreme Rules. Um, can I just can I say something about the the last match real quick? Go for it. Uh, I loved the story of this match. You know, like as the match, I. I it wasn't until I saw um, Baron Corbin hit a uh, guy, what does he call it? End of Days? Yeah, yeah. And until he hit the end of Days on Becky Lynch, I hadn't known what was going on. But as soon as he hit it, I was like, oh, snap. At that point, I knew Seth Rollins saw that and Seth Rollins was going to be... <laughs> Yeah, he Corbin sold that nice. Yeah, oh yeah, I love oh, the, that. Kind of sold me on Corbin a little bit too. Just the way he did. Corbin sells very well, if nothing else. Baron Corbin sells great, and I think that's why they they put him in the position that he that uh, he's in. But I saw I saw Rollins beating him down. I saw Rollins, of course, winning the match, but I knew. The first thing he was going to do was go to Becky. And for five seconds, he forgot all about Brock Lesnar. And when that music hit, his face, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, like I knew what was going to happen. But just like watching it happen, you're like, oh, snap. Because he's like, oh, shit, what do I do now? Like, do you know, my girl's right there, but. <laughs> Damn, you, know, it, you know, and you know, just it, they just set the story up so so great. That's why, like, I'm not mad at the pay per view. I thought the pay per view was great. Uh, you know, it had its lows. You know, it, it had its low points at times, but overall, you know, the stories that were told were awesome. And you know, that ending for whatever you think it is, people are gonna hate that he's Universal Champion again. You know, at this point, I'm okay with it because it was already kind of done with Rollins being champion at this point. Yeah. So, and it just builds to SummerSlam. So, I'm not mad at it. Overall, it was an awesome pay-per-view. Speaking of which, building to SummerSlam and building to Brock Lesnar being the champion, the next night on Raw, July 15, 2019, Raw came from Long Island, New York. It opened up with Brock Lesnar um, oh, by the way, this is our raw down segment that we're in right now, just to give y'all that, you know, information. It opened that up segment. with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. Good segue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it opened up with uh, Brock Lesnar coming into the ring with an array of booze. Are the people tired of Brock Lesnar at this point? I think... Uh, I don't think so much. They're tired, tired of him, or I think a lot of them are actually. I think a lot of them are. 
you know, they didn't want to see Brock Lesnar as champion because, you know, of course, the smart fans are like, oh, you know, as soon as Brock Lesnar gets the championship, we're not going to see the, we're not even going to see him or the Universal Championship until SummerSlam. Guys, right. it's just let it build, man. Like, yeah. we're, we're in such a culture where everybody wants everything right now. We forget, like, they're trying to tell us a story. Yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And real quick, during the Paul Heyman promo, because, you know, Brock don't really talk that much. All right. I heard, tell me if I heard this right. Did Paul Heyman say something to the, along the lines of, Soon to be fired production team. Did you hear that? I don't remember hearing that. Maybe I'm hearing things, but he wanted to queue up something on the Titan Tron, and he was like, um, "To the to the soon to be fired production team, queue up something." I was like, "Huh? What? What? What is going on?" You know, like, I. You- when you said it now, I think I heard something to that effect, but it's that it's been a week, so it's not coming to my mind. Oh yeah, I uh, haven't wound it back. Did he really just say that? Is he does he really have stroke like that right now? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Believe that. <laughs> yeah. I was, apparently he does for that to happen. Um so do you remember Raw? Do you remember the format? The reason I asked that because there were one, two, three, four, five matches on Raw total mm-hmm. for a three-hour show. All right. Two of the matches were six-man, three-on-three tag teams. Right. One of the matches was a fatal four-way. One of it was a singles, the only singles match, and then the final match was a ten-man battle royal. Oh yeah. It just seemed like it just crammed everything into those wrestling segments, you know. Yeah, um, this was this definitely was not you know the strongest raw. Um, on, if I'm coming from a very honest point, I think it, I felt kind of put together kind of lazy, <laughs> you know, like they're just they're throwing them, they're just throwing these things together, and like they're only focused on a certain set of stories like you know why are we getting these four people in a match like why are they just being thrown together like what's the you know what what's the story behind it right you know the right. six man you know i got the six man of course you know the club going against the new day like i got that you know which no, uh, the club the club went against the Lucha House Party. The Lucha House Party. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My brain is so mixed up. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, that's what I, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. But, um, you know, got that. But it's just, there's just certain people. There's certain people on the roster that it's like you can really build a story on and build some type of program with instead of just, you know, here's these four girls. Let's just give them screen time, you know. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, to get into the first one, it was Ricochet and the Usos versus the Revival and Bobby Roode. Where the hell does Bobby Roode come from? Yeah. <laughs> my point exactly. <laughs> I rest my but, case. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, the aftermatch actions was actually better than the match. When, yeah. Styles, when Styles and Anderson and Gallows came, out, come, um, came to the ring and all that stuff, like that stuff was better than what happened in the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, wow. Um... Okay. Um, 
But I also had liked how after the Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman promo, they didn't even leave the ring yet, and Ricochet music hits to start the next match, and it was like, and they had Brock Lesnar just staring at them. I guess they're trying to hint on they want to make Ricochet the next champion or the next number one contender, you know, or future. So you saw contender. that. So you saw that too. Yeah, usually when they do that, it's like a little hint, like a little clue, like you know what I mean. Like we're just gonna like drop this in the water real quick. I was waiting. Uh, I, I was waiting for some type of interaction between him and Ricochet once Ricochet got down and got close to the ring. And right. Ricochet just ran right past him. So that, at that point, I hadn't thought anything of it. But I thought it was strange. I did that, too. With that when his music came on, that Brock eyed him so hard. I was like, huh, this is going to be something right here, huh? Yeah. Trying to push for this. Okay. I, I can dig it. I can dig it. But Ricochet, you got you to gotta do more, man. You got you to gotta give us more. You got to you know, talk to the mic more. The crowd has to get behind you. He's not ready. He's not ready for Brock Lesnar yet. Yeah, hell no. Um, so after that match, we had um Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor. And once again, the aftermatch uh <laughs> actions was better than the actual match. Do you want to talk about what happened? Uh he has arrived, ladies and gentlemen. I knew it. Worlds. Yes, as soon as, as soon as uh, you know his music like started slow, you know started slowing and less. Uh, hand went through. I said, "Oh my gosh, Bray Wyatt's here!" <laughs> and then you just hear, you know, you're hearing, you know, Finn getting beat up on, and you can't see anything. And then next thing you know, there's lights everywhere, and you see the Fiend. And oh my gosh, like I get it now. <laughs> you know, when it comes to that mask, that that thing is that creepy. Was chilling. I don't care who you are, how old you are. That 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 resonated with you. And I believe, <laughs> yeah. And I believe Bray Wyatt got the biggest pop of the night. Oh, hands down, hands down. They they went crazy. They went crazy before the lights even came on because I think that once the lights went off, I think they knew. That's when they knew it was Bray Wyatt. So, oh man, that and then the crowd started with the holy fecal metal chat chant. Yeah, holy shit, holy shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, this is gonna be heavy. Holy fecal matter. Yeah. Yeah, you know, for the I've never seen you go from from PG to TG (laughs) seventeen. Yeah, I I didn't want to actually say it, but I, uh, you know, I ended up saying it. But just because we got some little listeners, you know, we put uh, we have put up we have put up the uh, I just figured out that we can put on the. the warning, you know, the warning that okay. you know what we say. So, content. yeah, they know, like okay. y'all know, because y'all hear it before the show now. So, you guys know what you're in for. Uh, I don't even know if that was a good idea. That make me might feel a little more free. I don't think they're ready yeah. for the seven city psycho just yet. 
Oh my <laughs> gracious, let's keep it going. Uh the next match is another six man, which we talked about a little earlier, which is the club versus the Lucha House Party. Um, I didn't understand this one. I think it was just a way to showcase the club being a big bully. I think they're gonna be all. Huh? That was all. That was it. That's all it was. Okay. Yeah. I'm just showcase them being big and nasty and being heels and I guess they're gonna be the top heel group. I don't know. Do you have to think that's the direction they're going? I mean <laughs> that the the club is about to be big. Like that's they are really about to blow up. And I don't know if you've seen uh, if you've seen on Twitter, but the club and the Undisputed Era are trading jabs back and forth. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah. Now that, my friend, I want to see. I want to see that. The, the Undisputed Era going against the club, man, for stable supremacy. Oh. Just yeah. the name of that alone right. sounds good. For stable Shut supremacy. Up. Yeah, shut up and take my money. Just shut <laughs> up and take it. Okay, I got you on that one. We'll, we'll we'll keep you guys posted on what happens between those two. I'll do uh, a little foreshadowing later. Yeah. Um. So our next match um was a fatal four way elimination match with Natalia, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, and Carmella, and the crowd hated it. They was chanting, this is awful. They just wasn't into it. I heard them start try to start up a Goldberg chant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, I that. Yeah. And the winner of this match was, of course, going to be the number one contender to face Becky Lynch. And Natalia ended up winning. Um, good rough for Natalia. But to get back to the match, just didn't live up to, I guess, what the crowd wanted. I thought it was pretty okay but uh yeah not a good booking choice um it is I think it served its purpose um I, I think out of those four women uh with with Natalia being from Canada like I, I know for me I kind of I saw that coming because what better you know what better build for that than the hometown girl going against the man you know, You're I think right, right, right. Yeah, I think that's a great. I think it's a great match. I, I think do it's too. Be a very good match that, and they built. They uh, it, their interaction after was a little bit yeah, okay. I'm like, not gonna bring it up. I don't even think. I, I think I changed the channel. Man, to. I ain't trying to listen to this. To. <laughs> I, I think it was poorly set up from the jump when Natty's being so nice. You know, Natty's being so nice about it and. You know, and now Ronda, but Becky comes in like, "Hey, like I'm not your friend." Like, I was like, "If I'm Natalia, I'm not being nice to you." Yeah, forget <laughs> that. After everything that she has gone through in her career, like, you know, from you know the lack of pushes to the fifty-fifty booking, you know, to all that. For her to finally get to that point, like, I, I'm not going to be nice, cheerful, hey, good luck to you, Natalia. You're going into my house. You're going to play by my rules. 
you're going to be in a fight. I'm going to kick your ass in my hometown. And then I'm going to show you who the man is. Like, that's what I wanted to see from Natalia. And it, it, it just the beginning was just, uh, it just didn't do it for me. But I saw where it went. I'm excited for the match because I think they're going to put on one hell of a match. But, right. uh, you know. I do, too. I think that's going to be a good physical, technical belt. Because you got to remember, Talia's from that um, that dungeon family, that, that, you know, the Stu Hart dungeon. Yeah. So she knows how to work. Right? She knows how to hurt you. She can yeah. hurt you. I believe she can hurt you. So I'm actually looking forward to that match. It's just the... the the match that she had to get qualified to be no more contender for it was just uh, lackluster. But hopefully in these upcoming weeks they can build up for it and it'll be something that we all want to see, that we're all anxious to see, that we're on the edge of our seats for. So let's can I keep can mm-hmm. I can I tell you something real quick? What's up? Uh, this early in the SummerSlam, there is a hill that I am willing to die on from here to the end of SummerSlam. I think that Ronda Rousey is going to interfere in this match. Oh, we're starting our theories early. I'm starting it, uh, and I will die on that hill to the end of SummerSlam. If it doesn't happen, I'll eat my words. But I truly think that Ronda Rousey is going to interfere in this match. Okay. You think she'll be a face or a heel? Oh, no, she's going to be a heel. She's going to whoop whoop Becky Lynch's ass, okay? Perhaps, (laughs) yeah. Both of them. I think she's going to be both of them because it's not, I don't think Natalia, even for Natalia to be in her hometown, she can't lose. Right. She can't lose because then that just looks really bad for her. And, you know, putting, and she, you know, Becky has to win without Natalia looking bad. How does that happen? Somebody has to interfere. Who's going to interfere? I think Ronda Rousey's going to interfere. I think she's gonna, I, I think they're going to convince her to come back, uh, you know, for a little bit. Or Becky may want to come back. Like, that's been the rumblings. That's what I've seen on the internet and such. You know, I gathered my own opinion about it. I think it, it helps WWE in the long run, as long as, you know, as far as their viewership. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky, you know, I'm assuming because we haven't heard anything yet. Could be wrong as far as I know or I've heard right now. She's not pregnant. <laughs> um, I think there's, I think there's a part of her that caught the bug, and you know, I think she's anxious to get in. So I think, I definitely think that uh, Ronda Rousey is going to interfere, and I'm willing to die on that ledge. I will book that. Most definitely, I will book that. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. In the weeks leading up to SummerSlam, we have to see what's going to happen with these two. So keep an open mind, people. Just keep an open mind. Wow. Uh, next is a was a small segment with the Miz and Dolph Ziggler, and it sounded like those two were giving each other a shoot rather than just an interview. So I don't yeah. know what's going on with Dolph Ziggler. Like I say, I said many times before, he is my boy, one of my boys. So I'm just kind of. Are we doing another Miz Dolph Ziggler match? Because they don't wrestle each other at least a hundred times. They remind me of uh, Dusty Rose and Terry Funk, like two guys from the same hometown that just wrestled each other all over the world. You know, that, that's kind of how it reminds me. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't like face Miz. 
<laughs> I like Hill Miz. Hill Miz, yeah. Yeah, yeah me I like, too. I like Hill Miz. Hill Miz makes me so mad. And I love that. I love that about him, that he can make me mad. Yeah. So, uh, I, to face Miz is just, okay. Uh, and, like, I don't, it's bland. And I hate saying that with him because nothing, because I feel like nothing about the Miz is bland, but I, I just don't feel it. Well, the so. thing with the Miz, rather face or heel, I love when he has the mic in his hand. It almost brings me back to the Attitude Era when The Rock had the mic in his hand. You knew he was going to get gold, no matter if he was face or heel. Are Same we thing seriously with Austin. comparing The Miz to The Rock? Hold on, let me finish. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not comparing him to The Rock. There's no he. No, 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 no. Okay. What I'm saying is for this era. When the Miz <clears throat> has the mic in his hand, is good. Because how many other wrestlers do, in that locker room, when they have the microphone in their hand, do you pop about? How many? Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Who else? Uh, um, See, look, look, look how long it's you to come up with some names. Uh, I just said Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. Mm. <laughs> All right. So, like, back in the day. All right. I'll give you that. Yeah, when The Rock had it in his hand, you pop. When Stone Cold had it, you pop. When Mick Foley had it, you pop. Triple H, I didn't pop one ever, ever. Hell, when it went like this, uh, after every syllable, uh. <laughs> when when Chris Jericho had it, you pop. When hell, when The Godfather had it, I popped. Val Venus, because I didn't know what perverted stuff he was gonna say, but I knew it was gonna be funny. And entertainment. So when those guys had the mic, I was like, okay, this might be something good. Nowadays, you don't have that. It's slim pickings, you know? Oh, I forgot the new day, but it has to be all three of them, though. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Or at least two out of three. Biggie can talk by himself, though, too. I think Biggie, Biggie, I think Biggie is the strongest talker. I think he's the stronger talker than Kofi is. Yeah, almost definitely. Most definitely. And speak, speaking of Big E, uh, the last match on Raw was at 10-Man Battle Royal, which saw Big E. It saw Big E, it saw Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, Braun Strowman, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin. Wow. Which superstars on Raw and which ones on SmackDown? I have no clue. Mm. Uh, that, do we really have to go down the <laughs> Okay, but, so we got Bron. We have bronze on Raw. Um, don't 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 hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah, but yeah, don't 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 even, don't even Saturday. But the one thing I, I took away two things from this match. Okay, of course Rollins got the win. He's in a more contender or whatever. Blah blah blah. But the one thing that that now this one kind of made me so mad is that Cesaro was the first one eliminated and he got eliminated by a body press from Bobby Lashley where does Cesaro go from here you lost on extreme rules you get dumped out first elimination match like you're a small child what am I going to do with you how am I going to book you now you know what I mean Mm so that's you feel what I'm saying? I feel exactly what you're saying. You're the first I, one eliminated. You're the first one eliminated. You got eliminated by a body press. Like, 
and you got dumped over like Ray Mysterio's supposed to get dumped over like that by body press. Not Cesaro, not the cyborg, not Superman. And first be the I, first one. It's like, oh my god. Okay. Do you yeah, piss somebody I, off backstage? I, I don't know, man. Like, why rebrand him if you're not gonna put him in it? Like these these wins on Monday Night Raw don't mean anything if he's not gonna win on pay per views. Right. Like, what are you guys doing? Right, right, and uh, I don't know. That was the one thing I, that I took away from it. And the second part, when it came down to Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns, you're gonna like this part. But Braun Strowman had them on alternate sides of the ring. And he was running back and forth, giving him a splash, you know. Mm-hmm. And then as he was going to run to Roman, Roman came at him and he was going to spear him. And Braun Strowman did a sidestep out the way. That was the quickest sidestep for a big man I've ever seen. You see how quick he moved out the way? I have never seen anybody that big move that fast before. I know exactly what you're talking about. I marked it. I said, God dang. I rewinded it back. Like the Matrix. Because I remember, um, and I was doing something while it was on, and I heard the commentator say, uh, Braun Strowman is sidestepped, and uh, uh, Roman Reigns, Spears, Seth Rollins. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Braun Strowman did a sidestep? Let me look at this. And I saw it. I was like, he moved pretty fast for a big guy. Like, that was a pretty agile move, you know, for a big man. And I was just like, wow, Strongman, what can't you do, my friend? Too bad you're a pain in the ass backstage. Now, (laughs) 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 I'm just going by what the rumors say, showing up late and all this stuff, but Hey, I, I like. Hey, j- just remember, folks. I'm a fan, just like you guys. So I, you know, I read the dirt sheets. I watch WrestleMania. You know, Simon from What Culture, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm just, we're just giving the news, just like how we hear it. So we're nothing but fans. Nothing but fans. Yes, um. So that was Raw. Um, like I said, I didn't kind of like. I really didn't like the format of you having so many six mans and fatal four ways and all that stuff. You had one singles match, and I got overshadowed by a person's debut. So it was, it was just like everything crammed together, you know. Yeah. But anyway, the next night it's SmackDown, which is July sixteenth. It came from Westchester, Massachusetts. Is that where John Cena's from? Uh, West Newberry. Oh, West Newberry. Okay, I know it was somewhere. I, I believe. I believe it is. I might be wrong. I don't. Yeah. And they started SmackDown with a town hall meeting. Well, actually, they started it with Kevin Owens getting sent home early in the day, but whatever. <laughs> you know, he always yeah. shows up or whatever. But um, it started off with the town hall meeting, and I, I have to ask you because I have no clue. Who was Buddy Murphy? <laughs> are you being facetious or are you being serious? Both. Okay. Um, Buddy Murphy, uh, he, they started out, he started at NXT as a, a tag team. Uh, um, God, what was the guy's name? Something in Murphy. And 
then uh, he branched out on his own. He went to uh, 205 Live. He, while he was there, he became 205 Live champion. Um, and now he's just uh, being pushed in the singles. Okay. I, I got him involved in my fantasy booking, which we're going to talk about later. So keep that in mind, folks. <laughs> okay. Okay, um, in this town hall meeting, you know, you had the heel side, you had the face side, which I thought was cute. Um, still didn't quite understand it though, <laughs> but you know, this is Eric Bischoff we're talking about, so he has a method to his madness. But the town hall meeting ended with Shaman Man getting stunned by Kevin Owens. So, like I said, he always gets sent home early, but he always shows back up, and he showed back up to give Shaman Man a stunner. During the town hall meeting, Cesaro came out to issue another challenge to Aleister Black. I'm like, okay, now we're getting somewhere with Cesaro. Cesaro's going to finally get his win. And what happens? He get his mouthpiece kicked out of his freaking head. Did you see that kick? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty, uh. That was pretty devastating. <laughs> and he gets pinned for the one, two, three. Clean. Raise the question again. Where am I going with Cesaro? Oh, I... I and and I, put it out there, Cesaro is a great worker. Like, he's a, he's a businessman that loves to compete. I remember his pipe bomb. Remember the pipe bomb he dropped a couple years ago? When he was talking about uh, how he thought he should have got drafted higher? You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he wants to compete. He wants to be in the ring. He wants to give it his all. But, buddy, if you're not going to win, if you're not booked to win anything, you're basically going to be part of the job squad. Where's Al Snow? Mm. You know what I mean? (laughs) Maybe you should run. (laughs) Maybe you should run uh, the next Tough Enough since this is where your career is going. But that's, I mean, because Cesaro's another one of my guys, but I'm just, I'm trying to get behind him, but you, you have no momentum. So it's hard for me to get behind you, my friend. Hard for me to get behind you. But I was the black, another thing, I, I did not realize how tall Alistair Black was. I was like, good, this is another giant right here. Yeah, Alistair Black's about what, 6'5, six, 6'6? Six, six? Something. I'm like, good gracious. Good gracious, man. You guys are towers out here. But getting from that, Cesar, we'll talk to you later. Um, You had Charlotte Flair versus Liv Morgan, which I thought was a good push for Liv Morgan for her to be in a match with somebody of the caliber of Charlotte Flair. You know, that's about yeah, about time. I, I've, always, I I've always seen talent. I've always seen talent and Liv Morgan, I, and and I loved you know her gimmick that she put together too. It, so yeah. I've always wanted to see that. I've always wanted to see like her more in a singles role, see what she could do by herself. And she kind of reminds me of um, Harley Quinn, just the way she dresses and acts and stuff like that. And I'm a big Harley Quinn mark, so. Definitely more than than Alexa Bliss tried to be. Hey, uh, Alexa uh, Bliss tried it, and she just didn't do it for me. Little Morgan, I could more believe. And I follow her on on Instagram too. She's very talented, uh, yeah. good hearted girl, very down to earth. 
uh, I'm I'm a Liv Morgan fan. I'm I'm rooting for her push. Hope she gets the same kind of push that Ember Moon's getting right now. Speaking of which, she needed a tag team partner in our next match to go against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And who did she pick? Drum roll, please. None other than the SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey. Hey. Bailey by and when I saw this I was like that's another good rub for Ember Moon for her to be rubbing shoulders and being a tag team partner with the champion and then it happened the end of the match Ember Moon and Bailey gets the win they had an interview and I, I don't forgot the girl's name that does the interviews I know it ain't Bray Wyatt's baby mama anymore but it was, it was some other lady Cassie Kelly who? Kathy Kelly? Probably. Let's ride with that. And, <laughs> and she asked Bailey who you think is should be the number one contender. And of course she said, after thinking about it for a while, Ember Moon. And I popped. I was like, yes. Yes. Remember, I put Ember Moon on my top ten uh, female wrestlers. I forgot what was, but she was up there. Yeah, but yeah, I had her on mine too. I, I love seeing this. I didn't because I didn't see that coming, uh, you know, until she started, you know, until Billy, you know, started pretend thinking. And yeah, I'm pretend like, thinking. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I feel like, well, awesome. I think that I think that's due to her, you know, considering how long she's been on the roster, how consistent she's been. She's yeah. very consistent in the ring. And, uh, you know, she's maybe have missed a couple of spots here and there, but nothing you really wouldn't notice to the naked eye. So to see her in this position, uh, I don't know where they're going to go with it, but I think she's well-deserving of a push. You know, well and I would put, you know, if it was in my position, I would put the title on her and see, you know, see what she could run with. Oh, slow, slow up, slow up, man. Slow up, man. I would. I would. Like uh, I, I enjoy her uh, her reign as NXT champion. Um, uh, you could easily make an argument that her NXT uh, her NXT rivalry with Oscar, you know, could have been rivalry of the year. I believe it was rivalry of the year actually. So she could carry, you know, she can she can go, and I believe she can carry um, the championship, and I believe she'll put on good matches too. So, but that's just me. Okay, okay. You know, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. I want to see her be champion too, but I just think it's a little too soon. Yeah. You, you know, I, don't yeah, think she, I, I don't think she's really resonated with the crowd per se. You know, I don't so, think she, I don't think she's she's been. I think the one argument you can make against her is that you haven't really seen her in any high profile rivalries. Yeah, this is gonna be the Since first she's one. Been on the main roster, yeah. So, but I'm excited about that one. You notice we're both excited about all the female title matches. I tell you, man, these ladies, are, these these women are putting on a show. They are they putting are. on a show. I I am fully behind them. Uh, I mean, you can make a anybody can make an argument that you know you can put these women on a standalone show and they can carry. You know, I mean, with the with the as deep the roster is, I don't see why they haven't done that already. I guess you know because legit's just one more logistics nightmare. 
that they have to deal with, you know, in production and stuff like that. So I guess, you know, that's why maybe they feel like they're not ready for it yet. But I really feel like these ladies deserve their standalone show. I was so excited for uh, Evolution. You know, I will be doubly excited if they got their own, you know, just their own separate brand. Right, right. Are they doing another Evolution this year? They have not said. They, I think the, um, I think the general consensus right now is no, they're not going to do one, um, just because of with the scheduling they have, you know, going to Fox and dealing with that because they already have a situation where uh, they they might have to separate the SmackDown crews because they also have a show planned to Saudi Arabia again this year, okay. so. You know, it's around, and you know, evolution, uh, evolution. I believe was around November of last year, if not, uh, you know, October, November. I remember it was around that time. So this time around, I think it'd probably be too much for them for their schedule. So I think they might do maybe a year, uh, by yearly thing. Okay, okay, yeah, because um, you know, last year since it was his first year, it was kind of you know kind of low budget I guess you could say you know um, didn't really um, sell many tickets but I still thought it was a pretty solid pay-per-view oh yeah definitely it just gotta bring the awareness up a little bit more um, so next we had a New Day promo and the reason I, I'm bringing up this promo because I think Xavier Woods had referenced Kofi Kingston as being Simon Phoenix and being a demolition man for our young listeners that's under the age of 21, Simon Phoenix was a fictional character played by Wesley Snipes in the 1993 film called Demolition Man. It has Sylvester Stallone, Sandra Bullock, Dennis Leary, and it had a small cameo from Jesse Ventura. That was just me. I just wanted to set that record clear because I heard him say Simon Phoenix and I was like, Nobody under the age of 21, hell, nobody under the age of 25 know who Simon Phoenix is unless they saw Demolition Man in 1993. So let me, so give y'all that. Simon Phoenix was a character played by Wesley Snipes in the 1993 film. Boom. Okay. So the more you know, the more you will prosper. So. The next match was New Day against Samoa Joe, Randy Orton, and Elias. And it ended with Randy Orton pinning Kofi Kingston. Interesting. Is Randy Orton the next number one contender to face Kofi Kingston at SummerSlam? Will our champion still hold the belt after SummerSlam? What will happen? I'm asking you, uh, what would happen? <laughs> um, I think that this mat, this, this is definitely the route that they need to go. I think there's plenty uh, of history between them to uh, make out uh, to put out a good rivalry, especially if we go the whole Randy Open calling him stupid route. Stupid. Um, stupid. Yeah. yeah, they had they have a lot to go on just on that alone. I think it's a. I think that's a good. Right, I think that's an awesome, awesome chemistry that they have between them. And what do I see? Uh, that's, that's so hard. 
You can't tell, I can't give that away this early. I think I'm gonna have to watch a little bit more before I make a prediction because really, you can make an argument for for Kofi retaining and you can make just a stronger argument for Orton winning. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, yeah, I was gonna say, you just gotta just watch this storyline develop, you know? See what's yeah, gonna happen. I yeah, I think it's gonna be good though. I think it's going to be really good. I think Randy Orton's one of those people that's very underrated on the mic. Very. Yeah, I think he's now, very once, underrated. Well, now once again, I don't pop when he grabs the mic, but he is pretty good. Oh yeah, especially especially like when he's in that when he's into the storyline, mm-hmm. he's in there. You know what I'm saying? He's so good. He's so believable. But it, it just has to be something that he believes in because I mean you can tell you can tell when he's just going along with the emotions and when he's truly invested. So I hope this is something that he's like truly gets invested in and gets behind. I'm sure if it has anything to do with him winning the title, he will be. So So stay tuned, my friends. Um our next match, the Iconics versus the Kabuki Warriors, and I hate that name. God, why? I why? Hate I hate that name. I hate it too. I like you, you guys couldn't think of anything else. The Kabuki Warriors won by count out. Uh, the Iconics did the whole because you know a count out. So that was that was that. That was kind of poor. Can I get? Can I get? Me that was poor. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought the whole thing was, like I said about Raw, that was just really thrown together. I wasn't feeling it. I didn't like it. I think all four of those women deserved better, <laughs> in my opinion. Cause I'm a Especially a better name than the Kabuki Warriors. And I said, I what is that? I don't I don't get it. Can I can I give like five seconds worth of fantasy booking real quick? Um. Yeah, just, just real quick. Um, Adrade won against Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews won. And then Ziggler uh, won against Kevin Owens. And it ended with Kevin Owens stunning Shane McMahon again and then just leaving. So that's just SmackDown. Um, <laughs> that wasn't a strong SmackDown, in my opinion, either. But yeah, I wasn't impressed. Yeah, but it, if I could, and it's literally going to be five seconds worth. Uh, can. can I break up the Kabuki Warriors and put them in an epic program against each other that culminates at WrestleMania having Asuka against Kyrie Sane and with it being in Tampa and with it being in Tampa in the same stadium as the Tampa Buccaneers with um with Kyrie Sane's uh um power persona give her the most stupidest awesome entrance ever. To put Kyrie over, she loses the Oscar, but it but it puts her in a very strong match, and it makes Kyrie strong to put her in the title picture later. Okay, because okay. this Kabuki Warriors stuff is just not doing it for I I don't I don't get it. Uh, there's absolutely no chemistry between them and and um Paige. I don't get it, I, guys. You, you guys can go ahead and let this go, and we won't be mad. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I won't lose sleep at night if they yeah. break up. Like, yeah. oh no, they broke up. Oh, so sad. Yeah. Give yeah. <laughs> me Kyrie versus Oscar at, at uh, WrestleMania. You got yeah. me. You got me. <laughs> okay, so that was our Raw Down segment. Our next segment is going to be our fantasy bookings. But first, I don't know about you, Eric, but I got to take a small break. I know our fans got to take a small break. They've been listening to us for an hour straight. So I know they need to let their brain cells heal. You know, they might be mad at us about saying something, but, you know, we can care less. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. No, we actually do care what you guys think, though. We do. We And we'll give away our personal information at the end of the show so you can get in touch with us. Let us know what you think, how you feel, all that good stuff. But in the meantime, take a small break, use up some water, use the bathroom, get another cup of coffee, and we shall return. See you in a minute. Be right back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Hot Tab Podcast. We are your hosts, Shea Bo and Big Grizz Eric Billups. Hope you guys have a back break. Yeah, we're back. Back like we never left. And we're going into our last segment of today, which is our fantasy booking. We're not bookers. We don't have our own promotion, but we like to fantasize you know almost like fantasy football you know you get to pick people who you will put on a team it's something like that but except for putting them on a team you're high it's how you will put them on tv and matches they get over with who they don't get over with who they interact with who they won't interact with all that good stuff so our fantasy booking he's gonna do raw i'm gonna do smackdown so my question to you eric is how would you book Bray Wyatt. Mm. Well, considering uh, he just made his debut this past week, uh, this is going to be actually a little fresh. Yeah. So, uh, there's, so there's no telling. Hey, dude, what I say could actually happen. And you can book but, him up until any point. You can book him up to SummerSlam if you want, or whatever. Just you know, how would you book him? And he done made his re-debut back with the WWE. Right. Well, if I was Paul Heyman, here's how I would book Bray Wyatt. Now, of course, next uh, next week's Raw, right afterward, I would put Finn Balor in a match against Ricochet. Okay. There. Ricochet gets a little rub off Finn Balor. Finn Balor is able to show off his skills why he is Finn Balor. But afterward, and I mean right after the match is over, which of course Finn Balor wins, the lights go off. But then the lights come back on and then on the Titantron is the Firefly Funhouse theme. And then we have Bray talking, you know, of course, saying yowie wowie. How crazy was last week? You know, I let the fiend get a hold of me and sorry, Finn, but 
he just has a hold of me. And then there's flashes back and forth between Bray and the Fiend. And then the Fiend comes comes on full full outfit and everything and lets Finn Balor know that he's coming for him at SummerSlam. So now, sets a little foreshadowing. We now know that Bray is coming for Finn Balor at SummerSlam. We've just got finished showing why Finn Balor is so strong and how, how much of a competitor he is which starts to put the little seeds on how good a match this is going to be. Now, the next Monday will be July 29th. So, at that point, and this is the third part of the show. This is this is like the third hour because we want to keep the we want to keep the viewers. So we put this on the very we put this particular segment on the very last hour. We have another episode of the Firefly Funhouse. But instead of the Firefly, it puts an X out. And then it says the Demon's Funhouse. And then instead of Bray Wyatt, we get the Demon, Finn Balor. Oh, okay. So we're playing some mind games here. Oh, we're playing some trickery going on. Yes, sir. We got got some head games going on. So then we get the demon reminding Bray Wyatt that not only has the demon never been beaten, his unbeaten streak started at SummerSlam. Ah. So... You're barking up the wrong tree here, Bray. This isn't the fight that you want. This certainly isn't the fight that you need. But it's the fight that you've gotten because now you've awakened the demon. So, and then there's the end of that segment. So now, not only have we hyped this match, we've given it steroids and a special concoction from the Russian government. Okay, this is how epic this match is going to be now because you have the fiend, Bray Wyatt, going against the demon, Finn Balor. And now the demon's up one. So now it's tied up. Okay, okay. So we have the August 5th Raw. This is the Raw before SummerSlam. Keep in mind. Finn Balor has a match going up against Bobby Lashley. Because Finn Balor puts out an open challenge. He says he wants he's he's gonna be ready, but he wants to face the biggest, meanest person that he can handle. Who comes out? Bobby Lashley, who already has some bad blood with Finn Balor, so it makes sense. You're also dealing with a bigger man who, while he's not brave size, Bobby Lashley is very fast for a big guy, and so is Bray Wyatt. So, you're getting an idea 
of how Finn is gonna how Finn is gonna be in his match against Bray Wyatt. Now, as he said, and he, you know they've gone back and forth, and Finn Balor's on the top rope, ready to sit, ready to uh, do the coup de gras. Right. And the lights go out. Nah. Okay, I see where you're going here. Lights come back on. Bobby Lashley is completely gone. And all that stands in the middle of the ring is the fade. So Bray jumps off, the, not Bray, but Finn jumps off the top rope. But Bray catches him and puts him in the, uh, Sister puts Abigail. Him in the yeah, and puts him, thank you, in the Sister Abigail. But before he can land the move, Finn moves away, gives him a kick, and then a DDT goes to the top and goes to do the coup de grace, but Bray rolls out of the way and out of the ring. And then they just stare each other down, setting up the monumental match at SummerSlam. So now we've got SummerSlam. We've got Bray Wyatt coming out first. And he's got the kid, and he's got like kids on both sides. He's got kids on uh, both sides of the ramp. And his, his Firefly Funhouse theme comes on first, but then some other music, I'm sorry, the make of whatever music's in your mind is going on while Bray is coming down. And the kids, or when the Firefly Funhouse theme comes on, it, the kids look happy. But then as the theme comes out, they all look sad and looking down. And of course, he goes to the ring. The demon, of course, has his entrance. You know, that you know, you don't really need to do anything with Finn's entrance because his, the demon's entrance is already spectacular. These guys go on for at least 27 minutes. This is like, this match is that good. You let these guys go for at least 20 minutes. 15, well, let's say, give or take 10, 15, considering any time constraints of whoever's next. But you get, but this SummerSlam match is the match that you give these guys time for because there's been so much invested into it. Same thing as before. Finn Balor's on, Finn, uh, Finn Balor's on the top rope. The Fiend is laid out. He's about to do the coup de gras. He pops up at the last minute and catches Finn Balor and does the Sister Abigail beats the demon for the first time at SummerSlam. Now, this happens for two reasons. One, if you bring back the Fiend and you want to make him powerful, what better way than to give him a win over a, over an undefeated wrestler? And of course, you know there ain't many undefeated wrestlers, if any. But the demon is undefeated. He already has his own Undertaker-esque winning streak. He is, right. for all intents and purposes, Brock Lesnar. Which shows he is, the Fiend is not anybody to be played with. He is a top guy. He is scary. And anybody can get beat by him. This helps Finn Balor because one, the demon gimmick is not going to fare well. Well, let's do some extended, some extended uh, fantasy booking. But we already know Bray Wyatt after WrestleMania. I keep calling him Bray Wyatt. We already know that Finn Balor's taking time off after SummerSlam. 
the demon gimmick would not there in Finn Balor going to the club, which is where I him after those two after you know he comes back from his break. You put him with the club. You the demon is gone for a while. We want people, you know, while he's in the club, he is Finn Balor. You know, he doesn't need. He's not going to need the demon gimmick because him being in the club will be enough. And he's a very good, and he can play a very good heel. So he won't need it at that point. But the demon character is big enough that while if it's gone long enough, if it comes up out of nowhere, people are going to mark. It's the same, it's the same formula as when the Undertaker became um, Dead Man Inc. The the um, dead man, of course, was gone for so long that when it came back, everybody popped. Same thing with Finn Balor. At some point, you can bring the demon back, and he's automatically going to be over because everybody hasn't seen him in so long. There's my fantasy booking for Bray Wyatt. Solid, solid booking. Solid way to get Bray Wyatt over. Solid way to have. Finn Balor, is he getting married? Is that what's going on or something like that? No, no, he's literally, he just wants to take a break to recharge. Oh, okay. And, you know, it's, as far as I know, I haven't heard anything about him getting married, but, you know, you never know what's in. Yeah, but I, that's a good way to lead him out towards him taking that break. So, solid, my friend, solid. So, thank you, <clears throat> I think my homework assignment was to book Kevin Owens going into SummerSlam. All right. So, if you don't know, Kevin Owens has been calling out Shane McMahon for the past couple weeks. So, we all know that's where it's headed. Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens at SummerSlam. And if it's not headed that way, I'm going to make it headed that way in my own fantasy book. So, Kevin Owens is going to go through the gauntlet now. Two weeks ago, Kevin Owens had said how Shane McMahon is always on television and he's holding people like Apollo Crews, Ali, Buddy Murphy, guys like that back, correct? Correct. So, Shane McMahon, being who he is, the son of Vincent Kennedy McMahon, is going to make Kevin Owens eat those words eventually. So, on the July 23rd of SmackDown next week, he's going to book Kevin Owens to go one-on-one with Apollo Crews. That's the first matchup. Uh, Kevin Owens gets over. It's a good, solid match. Clean finish. Goes 10 minutes. Awesome bout. It doesn't hurt Apollo Crews not one bit. And matter of fact, keep Apollo Crews in your mind. Okay. Match is over. Kevin Owens is walking up the ramp to go back into the locker room. And Shane McMahon comes out once again. He was like, hold on, hold on, Kevin Owens. I'm not done. Here's your next opponent. Another person you had mentioned. Here's Ali. Ali comes out. Him and Kevin Owens have a match. Another 10 minutes. Uh, This time, let's give Ali the push. Ali's going to beat him. But he's going to beat him with the help of Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy is going to run down and cause some type of distraction or, you know, hit him with a kendo stick or something like that that's going to cause Kevin Owens to lose. 
So Kevin Owens does the job to Ali. So he's one for one. Kevin Owens is heated now. He he is he's angry now. He didn't know he was gonna have to wrestle two guys back to back in on the same night. He grabs the microphone and starts berating Shane Man once again. Like Shane, you coward. You couldn't come down here and do this yourself. You had you had to have me wrestle two guys who I like. You know, um, why don't you come and, and do your own dirty work? You had to have Buddy Murphy come and jump me, blah, blah, blah. Shane McMahon comes down and goes, you know what? Since you're still running your mouth and speaking of Buddy Murphy, he's going to be your third opponent for tonight. So Kevin Owens has to wrestle Buddy Murphy now. They go another 10 minutes. Now, mind you, he's already been in the ring for a half hour, and he wrestled two opponents prior to this. He is tired, beat up. Uh, he, he's dragging right now. He, you know, he, he wants this to end. During the match, Shane McMahon comes down, causing Kevin Owens to get distracted. Buddy Murphy rolls him up for the one, two, three. Buddy Murphy wins. He's Kevin Owens is heated now. He just lost two straight matches. He goes under the ring, grabs a weapon, kendo stick, lead pipe, chair, whatever, and he begins to swing it at who's ever around. Buddy Murphy. He takes a shot at um, uh, Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon ducks out the way and gets out of the ring in time. So Buddy Murphy's not his prey. He's beating him with the kendo stick, wishing it was Shane McMahon. He is hot. Kevin Owens is hot now. And that's how I vision SmackDown of next week going. Kevin Owens wrestling three matches back-to-back, all involving the guys he had mentioned in his promo two weeks earlier. Apollo Crews, Ali, and Buddy Murphy. That's SmackDown for next week. In two weeks, July 30th, Sam McMahon is going to put Kevin Owens in a tag match against McIntyre and Elias. But Shane McMahon gets to pick who uh, Kevin Owens' partner is going to be. So Kevin Owens has no clue who his partner is. So we're in the main event. McIntyre and Elias are waiting in the ring with Shane. Kevin Owens comes down. He's waiting outside the ring to see who his tag team partner is. And out comes Dolph Ziggler. And we all know Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler have not seen eye to eye the past couple of weeks. They've actually been arguing and fighting with each other all for almost half of this month so far. So the match starts. Kevin Owens is basically doing all the work. Ziggler is just standing on the apron. Kevin Owens is getting beaten from pillar to post by both McIntyre and Elias. He's trying to make the tag to Ziggler. He can't get to him. And Ziggler also isn't making an effort to tag him back, but that's a given. Kevin Owens finally makes the tag to Ziggler. Ziggler gets in the ring, and he turns on Kevin Owens, which we all saw coming. And all three of them just starts beating up on Kevin Owens. Then Shane gets into the ring and starts beating up on Kevin Owens. And it's basically going to be an NWO finish. Remember back in WCW, the NWO used to jump the person in the ring and they'll just be standing in the ring over top of them as the show goes off. That's yep. how I envisioned this. 
And while they're standing over him, while Ziggler, McIntyre, and Elias and Shane are all standing over him, Shane McMahon grabs the mic and says to Kevin Owens while he's down on the ground, saying, your opponent for SummerSlam is going to be me, one-on-one with me. And I bet you won't win. You know, he's going to talk just mad stuff to him, knowing that he's knocked out. And the show ends with those four standing over a beaten and battered Kevin Owens. So at this rate, in the past two weeks, Kevin Owens has lost, thanks to Shane McMahon, and been beaten up and has been battered. I want to say bloody, but you know they can't bleed down, but he would have been bloody at the end of this week. Now, let's get into the final SmackDown before SummerSlam. Kevin Owens is so sick of Shane at this point that while Shane McMahon is outside, he's in his car or he's in his limousine. He's outside talking to security because he's scared of what Kevin Owens is going to do. Well, that's not say scared. I don't want to make Shane look like he's a punk, but he's worried <clears throat> about Kevin Owens' retaliation. So he's in his car or in his limousine, whichever, or preferably car. Let's do car. His own personal car. He's okay. in his car. He's talking to security, head of security. He was like, make sure security is tight. Make sure you're at every door, every exit. Now, while he's talking to him, a car rams him from behind. Boom! Big car accident. It's Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens gets out the car with a baseball bat and proceeds to bashing in the windows of Shane McMahon's personal car. And he begins chasing Shane McMahon through the backstage area into the arena where the ring is. And now the image you see, you'll see Shane McMahon running out, scared to death, you see Kevin Owens running out with the baseball bat, and then you see the police running after Kevin Owens to stop him from doing whatever violent he violent act he plans on doing to Shane McMahon. <clears throat> the police catch up to him, but uh, Kevin Owens proceeds to beat them with the baseball bat. So now he's assaulting police officers. That's how big this thing is about to get. He's assaulting police officers with the baseball bat. So what does the police have no choice to do? Arrest Kevin Owens for the personal property damage of Shane McMahon's car and for assaulting a police officer. Kevin Owens is arrested and thrown in the back of a police car. So the last image you will see of Kevin Owens hitting a SummerSlam is him in the back of a police car staring at Shane McMahon who's on the outside of the car laughing at him as he's being drove off. That's mm. the last image you see of Kevin Owens. So, let's go to SummerSlam. And it's going to be the big match. Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Before the match happens, before the bell rings, you know, Shane McMahon is in the ring already. Kevin Owens is outside the ring already. We're waiting to get in. He go, wait a minute, Kevin Owens. Wait just one second. Did I mention that this match that we're about to have at SummerSlam is a lumberjack match? And Shane McMahon proceeds to bring out the lumberjacks. 
Drew McIntyre, Elias, Dolph Ziggler, Buddy Murphy, and The Revival. Now, mind you, I also want this match to go on first because I don't know what those guys are going to do for the rest of the pay-per-view. I know McIntyre right. may have that match with Undertaker, so I don't want them to be part of a Lumberjack match after they probably already lost their match early in that night. So this is going to be the first match. Okay. So those are going to be Shane McMahon's Lumberjacks that's going to surround the ring. Kevin Owens, being a, a wise man also, had a feeling Shane McMahon was going to pull something like this. So Kevin Owens grabs the mic and goes, you know what, Shane? I knew you was going to do something like this, and I have a couple of Lumberjacks on my of my own. And out comes Apollo Crews, Ali, his buddy Sami Zayn, and just because of the way that that SmackDown Town Hall meeting went, I put the New Day in there because the New Day said that how they agree with Kevin Owens in regards to Shane McMahon not giving people a push. And so the, I put the New Day to come down to be Lumberjacks to help Kevin Owens out. So we got it set. Shane McMahon with his guys in his corner surrounding the ring. Kevin Owens with his guys in his corner surrounding the ring. Let's start the match. And the match turns into a big fight between these two. No wrestling moves whatsoever. Uh, so as they're fighting, Shane McMahon's Lumberjacks is handing him weapons to use on Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens' Lumberjacks is handing him weapons to use on Shane McMahon. Then eventually the Lumberjacks are all going to start brawling together. You you know how that's going. We all know that's what's going to happen. And they're going to end up brawling until they all go backstage and leave the ringside area, which is just going to leave Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Now, at any pay-per-view, Shane McMahon loves doing that table spot. You know what table spot I'm talking about. The one he's been doing for the past 20 years. He lays the person on the announce table table outside the ring. He goes up to the top rope, does the elbow off. He does the elbow off. Kevin Owens moves out of the way. Shane McMahon goes through the table by himself. He's hurt now. He's beat. Kevin Owens has got him. He grabs him, throws him back in the ring to finish him off. Before he can finish him off, Buddy Murphy comes back down to the ring Hits Kevin Owens with the weapon. Basically, interference. Shane McMahon picks up the win over Kevin Owens. And the reason I said Buddy Murphy so we can hype up, because I don't know who he is, so we can hype up a Buddy Murphy, Kevin Owens program to help get Buddy Murphy over. But before then, Shane McMahon gets the win over Kevin Owens at SummerSlam in a lumberjack match. Ooh. But that's how I got Kevin Owens being booked leading up to SummerSlam. I love that. I saw every bit of that too. You saw what? I, I could visualize that. I could visualize that whole booking. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, because leading up to SummerSlam, he was going through hell. He had to wrestle three matches on one SmackDown. He had to wrestle a tag match with a guy he hates, and then he ended up getting jumped by four guys. And then he gets arrested and humiliated on the SmackDown before the pay-per-view. Oh, he's heated. He's out for right. blood. But he still doesn't get the W, you, you know? And I just, and the reason he does get the W because I think that adds to a greater story of he almost beat Shane McMahon and it makes him want him just that much more. 
So he's going to yeah. do whatever he can to get to him that much more. And who knows? Their might their next match at Night of Champions might be in a cage match or something like that. You know. So yeah, you never know. You never know. But that's just how I had. I like that. I like that. I, I like that so much. I can see that. I can see WWE trying to put that. Trying to put that on. Yeah, I, I mean, of course, it took a lot of thought. You know, had to go back and watch the SmackDown when he cut that promo. Right. But that's my fantasy booking for Kevin Owens. So, Bravo, my friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So that is our podcast. Um, we're going to wrap these, this thing up. Uh, is there anything you want to tell the people, Eric? Any upcoming events? Anything you look out for? Uh, so, one huge announcement I would like to make. As of yesterday, or the day before yesterday, which would have been, what, Thursday? Thursday. The Hot Tag Podcast have a YouTube channel. Woo-woo! We have the YouTube channel. It's up and running. Uh, of course, you guys can go to it now, but there, there's nothing there. We haven't put up <laughs> any content yet. Uh, hey, just a quick disclaimer. I don't want anybody sending me messages like, guys, you don't have anything up there. We're aware, okay? It's set up, but it is set up. It's a, definitely a place where you guys can leave any comments, suggestions. If you guys, That's a quick way to get to us. You know, other than our phones and stuff, because I actually check uh, the YouTube check YouTube often. You know, as far as you know, looking up sources or anything like that. So that's a quick way to get in touch. Also, questions, concerns. Tell us you like the show. Tell us you hate the show. But you'll listen to it next week anyway, just like you watch WWE and complain about it. Moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, on it. Also, for the Tidewater people, once again, SmackDown will be coming to us live September 3rd at 7 o'clock. For the people in the Tidewater area, SmackDown will be here September 3rd at the Norfolk Schools. So, get your tickets now. Get them at the at the, at the door, whatever have you. Ticketmaster, um, get tickets. StubHub, I don't know. But make sure you're there. We're going to be there. And we're going to be ready. We might do the podcast afterwards. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. That might be something. That might be a little something fun to do. Like after the show, you know, we, and you, we go Facebook Live. Maybe catch some people leaving the show. You know, we might stay out. You know, might stay after. Might even get a question from a wrestler or two. You know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Just got to stay tuned. Got to keep listening. And thank you for all listeners. We appreciate oh, and, you so much. And real quick, support your independent wrestling. Yes. Shout out shout out to Vanguard Championship Wrestling. Uh, shout out to Hampton Roads Championship Wrestling. Guys, go out there. There is definitely more than WWE and AEW and Impact. There's wrestling promotions right there in your area. In your go own backyard. Su- in your own backyard. Go support it. Go volunteer if you want to. You know, become become a wrestler. Be a part of this surge that or this resurgence that is professional wrestling. Yes, yes, yes. So support. Yeah. Hashtag support VA. Support wrestling. So Eric, how can the people reach you? You can reach me on Facebook 
uh, Eric Big Grizz Billups, as usual. Also on Instagram, lineage underscore of underscore excellence. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, Seven City Psycho. The S is the dollar sign. Um, my phone number, my phone number is 757-633-0132. I do have a life. I can't, I won't be able to always answer your call if you call, but the best way to get in touch with me, send me a quick text. Send me your questions, concerns, anything, doesn't matter. I'm here for you guys. Shay, how can they reach you? You can reach me on Facebook at Shay Bo, that's S-H-E-A space B-O. You can reach me on Instagram at All Power to the People. That's A W L P O W R, the number two, D A P P L. You can also reach me on Twitter at Shabo number four, the actual number four. And you can call or text me at 757 419 1990. That's 757. 757- 419-1990 and mind you like Eric said we have lives you know we also have jobs so if I don't answer your phone call I will call you back and if I don't answer your text I will text you back you just have to be patient with us okay alright that's all I got yeah that's all that is to it people uh, stay tuned next week of course we're going to have another jam packed show uh, we're going to talk about uh, let's What's that? I'm ranting. Oh, gosh. I don't even know what I'm ranting about yet, but I tell you what, going off about something, and you're going to enjoy it. So, go back and listen. Uh, Shay has already called our lawyers, giving them a heads up. Oh, you know, my gosh. If... You know, if you if I if I don't start answering on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, nine times out of ten, somebody has come has tried to come after me for what I said. And I have nothing I to want, do with what he says, so <laughs> I, I, all the smoke. He wants to smoke, people. He wants to smoke. So stay all tuned it. next week. We have another jam-packed show. Love our listeners, love you guys, and we will see you then. Peace. Doses. <laughs>